This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. Welcome to Industry Minds, a podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health and the great parts. My name is Scarlett Maltman, and today we are joined by a fellow Scott in our industry. <laughs> this truly brilliant lady has graced many TV screens and theatres from the RSC, the National Theatre, the Royal Court, the Old Vic and the Young Vic to name a few, to gracing your television screens and the likes of Doctor Who and Casualty. This lady has done it all. She is currently our president of equity, being the second female president in history. It is, of course, the wonderful Maureen Beattie. How are you today, Maureen? I'm very well, thank you very much. I feel much better having listened to you describe <laughs> me in those glowing terms. Well, you are, and you've done well, so much. Well, that's fine. Actually, I have to say that I'm um, I'm also the second Scot to be are a president you? of equity. But I'm very proud to say that I am the first Scottish woman. Oh, my goodness. So I was determined Get to be a first them. of some kind. Absolutely, so there you are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're no, so I'm very well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, Martin, we always start with a wee word association game. Oh, so the first thing that comes into your head, are you ready? You oh, like the first one, I hope. Okay. Square sausage. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Happiness. Bliss. Theatre. Bliss. <laughs> Mental health. Oh, dear. Glasgow. Fab. Feminism. The best. Christmas. Yay. <laughs> That Sorry. was great. Well, Smashed mm, it. They I, I always think it's quite nice if somebody goes, you know, Christmas, dinosaur. Or, you know, I don't yeah, know. But I don't do any of that. Like, it's all it's very kind of, it's all very emotional connections I make yeah, yeah. with things, I think, really. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Um, so we always chat um, where it all began and your journey into the arts. Yeah. Could you tell us where it all began for you? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, my father, for people in Scotland who have not been actually living under... Uh, a stone because <laughs> I think that's the only way you would you wouldn't know this. Uh, my father's Johnny Beatty and he is a uh, was he's now retired but only very recently he's about to be ninety three in fact. Um, he uh, was a comedian and actor, and my uh, childhood, uh, our summer holidays, mum shut up the flat or wherever we were living in Glasgow and we went for the whole of the school holidays to wherever my father was playing in a yeah, summer season. Uh, amazing. I mean, gosh, it's literally like the childhood of a, of your dreams. Yeah. And, of course, my memory is that the weather was always fabulous and it never <laughs> rained and all that, like, which when you think that we were quite often in air in Prestwick is highly unlikely. But, um, it down. <laughs> um, but a lot of those summers were when my dad was at the Gaiety Theatre in Air. And um, so my whole childhood from really early on, I mean, toddler time, was a lot of it was spent in theatre. Yes. You know, watching rehearsals backstage in the chorus girls' dressing room, because, of course, that's what I wanted to be, first of all. You know, so glamorous, these women, these beautiful women uh, with these fabulous plumed headdresses, yeah. you know, and their blue, blue eyeshadow up to their eyebrows. I remember thinking, gosh, that would just be so amazing, you know. And, and, and they used to make their um, eyelashes out of cardboard. Really? Yeah, oh amazing. You've got very thin black cardboard and you cut it, you know, like a fringe. Yeah. And and then you wrapped it round a pencil overnight. And when you came in in the morning, it curled. And you can you imagine what that was like on your eyes, though? Anyway, it's also how my father, when he was doing Dame, uh, yeah. used to... But they were much bigger, um, false eyelashes. <laughs> so, um, 
So that was really a, a huge influence. And when I look back on it, I mean, I wanted to be various things. I wanted to be a ballet dancer, you know, I wanted to be a nun at one point, but that was Amazing. to do with the theatricality of it all, yeah. nothing to do with, you know, a life of service. Yeah. And so... Um, and then I went to the College of Drama in Glasgow, which is now, of course, the Royal Conservatory of yeah. Scotland, um, but then was just the... Well, it was the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. And, and, and I went there to the junior course classes from the age of about... I think from the age of about 11 to 13. So that was fantastic. Amazing. That was an, an evening in the week and then a Saturday morning for a couple of hours. And that was a chance to kind of, you know, experiment yeah. and, you know, just have classes and, and run around and be a bit mad but also tackle scripts and things. It was fantastic. And one of the things that happened um, when I was there at the College of Drama Junior Courses was um, a, a series called This Man Craig, which was set in a high school. So there was lots of work for kids, yeah. you know, um, which starred John Kearney um, as this uh, English teacher. And uh, I got some parts in that, and it was just so thrrilling. And I, you, I just thought, oh, I want more of this. I want more of this, you know. Yeah. Um, so that... And, and then it was almost like a kind of shoo-in that I would go to the College of Drama, yeah, yeah. full-time course, which I then did, and then I graduated in 1974 and was incredibly lucky, went from um, literally leaving drama school on the Friday and I started my first job on the Monday, I mean, which was just extraordinary. Wow. And that was with the amazing Joan Knight, the legendary Joan Knight, who at that time was the artistic director of Perth theatre yeah, and I was incredible. an acting ASM fabulous job to start off with in the business because you learn everything and yeah. you learn apart from anything else you learn about respect for stage management yeah, yeah. and the incredibly hard job that they do um, and that was and that has stayed with me I hope um, for the rest of my career and then it was just you know stayed in Scotland for a bit went to Dundee Rep with Stephen MacDonald was artistic director he moved to the Lyceum went there I mean it was when I look back on it, I just think, gosh, what a start for a young woman. Yeah. I mean, my CV in those days was literally like, what are all the parts that a young actress would like to play? Well, she'd like to play that, 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 <laughs> that, 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 and that. Oh, look, I've done them all. I mean, it, it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. But the other thing, of course, and of course as president of Equity now, I think of this often, back then, as many of your listeners will know, having an equity card was like Willy Wonka's golden yeah. ticket. It was really hard to get, and it was you couldn't get a job if you didn't have an equity card, and you couldn't get an equity card if you didn't have a job. Yeah. So it was a real catch-22, and there were very few of them. You had to jump through a lot of hoops, and that was important because it meant that you were serious about it, and you read, you know. But, mm -hmm. um, so I had, I actually had an equity card before I went to drama Amazing. school, and that's one of the main reasons, of course, why I had a job to go to, because... Yeah. It meant that Joan in Perth Rep didn't have to spend one of her two equity cards she had to give away on her ASM, her yeah. acting ASM, um, because I already had one. So I was a very, I was a very um, attractive proposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, kind of potted history. I, I got my equity card actually, and this is the other thing I think I'm very very proud of because my father of course was a variety performer for most of his career um, was the fact that I got my equity card through variety really? uh, Joan Knight in Perth used to um, rent out the rep when the sub when it was closed for the summer which it did for a season of about 11 weeks um, to a uh, uh, a theatrical entrepreneur of, of whatever kind and this was Ross Bowie in fact in this case um, who worked with my dad a lot and he uh, put in a variety show Amazing. Um, and there was a 
there was a core company and then we had different guest artists coming in each week and I I got a job as a as a comedy feed I mean to this day I'm convinced that my father made some phone calls oh, really? and said I, I I'm convinced um to this day that my I, I'm not well I'm not entirely convinced that my father didn't pay me um through some sort of backhanded way because it was really hard to get a job Aww. but anyway I, I got this and I have to say one story which I like um I was at Perth doing my you know my professional debut on stage certainly and my dad was uh, headlining the summer season up at um, His Majesty's Aberdeen Amazing. and outside His Majesty's Aberdeen on the green there there's a statue of William Wallace and he is the quote on the statue on the plinth is a quote from his rallying speech to the troops yeah. um, to his people before the Battle of Stirling yeah, yeah. and the the quote is I have brought you to the ring dance according to your skill so my father sent me a telegram with that written on oh. it which was just because it was absolutely to do with him that I got that job yeah. it, whether he was paying me or not I don't know he denies oh. it but um but it was very much his connections you know yeah. that, that that got me that job and you know for that I am eternally grateful that's amazing 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 it's interesting as well um, with the equity cards because I think we forget just how difficult it was to get equity yeah. cards and I think it's still the same in America as well you know it's yeah very much America have a much more um to be honest with you, I'm not sure about exactly the legalities of it. And, of course, American equity is actors only, yeah. the performers only. Yeah, yeah. We, we, of course, cover... Everything. We have, you know, stage managers, choreographers, directors, designers. Yeah. Uh, we have puppeteers. We have street performers. We have circus performers. We have um, people working in variety. Um, I'm yeah. sure I've missed some... We have, you know, as I say, stage management. Um, we, we cover so many different... Um, so it's, it's a very different vibe, our yeah, union, you yeah. know. Um, but the feeling in America of not in in the US of if you are not a member it's much much more difficult to admit yeah. to that than it is here yeah absolutely we're very very lucky to have equity I couldn't agree um, more yeah um so as we mentioned and I'm sure everyone listening to this will know all your incredible work have you noticed any kind of notable changes in the arts throughout your career both in positive ways or negative ways Oh, I think both, definitely. I think in terms of the negative, um, it's even more difficult to get work now than it was when I graduated. Uh, The difficulties of people from lower-income backgrounds are much, much uh, harder, worse, much worse. Um... When I was at College of Drama, I mean, my mum and dad weren't badly off, you know. Uh, my mother ran her own business. My father was doing well in the theatre. Um, and, you know, you applied automatically. You just applied for a grant. Mm-hmm. And I got... I didn't get much of a grant, but I did get some help. My parents really got some help mm-hmm. uh, with my fees, the fees at the College yeah. of Drama. You know, how do you do that now? How do you start like off in this business? And, you know, times. there's a real... You know, there's a lot of there's a desire in certain quarters to divide our um, to divide our workforce, our the performers in particular. You know that kind of thing of like, well, these rich guys and girls, you know, blah blah blah. How dare they? They are so lucky. You know, that's not what it's about. These people are talented, and um, they have worked hard to get where they are. At 
absolutely deserve yeah. every bit of praise and, and the awards, and, the, and it's great. What we are asking for is our level playing field. Yeah. That is all, yeah. and it is absolutely not level at the moment. And if you, we are losing talent. I know that there, I've seen it. There are people out there who come from backgrounds where they just simply could not afford to even think about beginning to step a foot on the first rung of the ladder of our business because how could they possibly, you know, the difficulty of having an extra, this is all to do with the whole casting process and everything as well, of course, but, you know, how do you, you've got that job that puts bread on your table. Maybe you're bringing up kids, Maybe you've got some an elderly person you're looking after, whatever, whatever. You know, maybe you're on your own struggling to just cope uh, with all kinds of things. Um, and you've got this job that puts bread on your table. And how do you cope? With, you know, you've got to get all the work done. You've got to get out there. You've got to... You've got to prep for it. You've got to learn thousands of millions of lines. Yeah. You know, get yourself already, blah, 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 blah. Negotiate that time off work. You know, some employers are better than others, but most employers will go, well, really, again? But you had three days off. Well, you know, all that. Um, and then you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and nobody tells you whether you've got the job or not. And all that stuff that we talk about yeah. a lot now, and thank goodness we are, mm-hmm. because... I mean, we're a union equity now of over 47,000 members, which is more than we have ever had, even in the days of the clothes shop. So we have got to fight those things. So sorry, I'm I'm getting a bit off. I can bang on about these things because it just drives me nuts. So that's something that is infinitely worse than, you know... I mean, my class at the College of Drama, which is 12 of us, was made up of a lot of people who came from lower-income backgrounds. Absolutely. And there was no question, but they would... You know, they were able to do yeah. the course. They were able to stick it for the three years and and come out. And, uh, you know, many of them are actually now still, you know, paying their taxes, paying their rates, paying their, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever, and, 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 you know, giving it back. This terrible, terrible thing of having to, uh, you know, pay off a student debt. Yeah. I mean, seriously? Education, education, education. What, for rich folk? Abs- I mean, it's, it's just... Yeah. It's really, you know... And as you know, the UN, that guy from the UN, he said, you know, uh, he said, this is a fact. The UK are absolutely not looking after their, um, the, the, the lower income yeah. groups. Um, and what was the reaction from the government? That's just rubbish. Seriously? Seriously? This thing now, which is what people do, like the Donald Trumps of this world, if they don't like something, they just say, well, that's not true. False mm. news. Move on. Which is, again, impacts on our world yeah. massively. Um, so I think those are those are definitely negatives. I think uh, you know we could dwell on lots of things, but you know I think the positives are the moves we are making and that are improving on things like yeah. our black and ethnic minority, the members of our professions. Um, you know we are fighting uh, tooth and nail to get um, you know more diversity into our into our um, castings and also into our stage management groups, into directing all of that. You know and back to which is one of our of course sister unions which mm-hmm. deals with the technical side of things they have got a big uh, movement on to to get people from those backgrounds to to, you know to come into our business because there's a real paucity um uh, you know, um, obviously, I'm an older female actress. Um, I, you know, I am very aware of the fact that I mean, I have been so lucky to still be working and putting bread on my table. I'm mm-hmm. 66 now, you know, and that's, you know, I'm aware of being one of the few 
uh, we want everybody. There's so many talented women out there. Uh, there are. It's a fact. There are fewer jobs for for female performers, mm-hmm. identifying performers. There are fewer, uh, and it becomes less and less and less as you get older. So we're fighting that. Um, you know the the ongoing. Um, you know we are a. a, a we are a union, we are a, an industry which welcomes you as long as you are not doing any harm to anybody. Um, if we don't care whether you're gay, if you're trans, if you are, whatever, however you identify yeah. yourself, that is absolutely fine. Come in, come one, come all. As long as you're not hurting anybody, that's great. Yeah. But there is this big problem that remains with coming out and saying to the public, I am a gay person. And, you know, because it impacts on the way that employers view you you know so that's we're fighting but but that but the good side of that is that we are fighting it and nobody people are not going well we're just not going to talk about that anymore and the big one for me is our deaf and disabled community we have got to get more members of our deaf and disabled um, community within the entertainment industry into the entertainment industry, yeah. into jobs. We've just got to do it. You know, they uh, they represent 20% of our population. Yeah. You know, it's like that fantastic organisation that you'll know about, ERA 5050, yeah. Equal Representation yeah. for Actresses, who are doing fantastic work. Um, just asking that come 2020, that's coming up, I think it's mm-hmm. the end of next year, yeah. we can say in our industry, well, it's actresses specifically in this, this case, mm-hmm. There are we have a fifty fifty. We are more than fifty percent of the population. Yeah. We need to see ourselves up there. Um, so things like that that are that are happening, which are all many of which equities behind Pippa, mm-hmm. parents in the performing arts. You know the absolute right of members of our industry to have a home life, yeah. to bring up children, to be happy at home, and to have a completely fulfilled, rounded life, as opposed to. You know, I'm having to starve in a garret because of some mm. terrible, mad, Victorian, mel- melodramatic idea absolutely perpetrated by the engagers and employers because it keeps us in our place that somehow or another we've got to be available 24-7 yeah. and not be thinking about actually just, you know, living our lives. We have a right. So Pippa and the perform. Pippa, Parents of Performing Arts, things like that are absolutely fantastic because they are all about, you know, m- the move towards creches, yes. um, uh, you know, the thing that, uh, uh, so brilliant. that people, we have we have um, initiatives like, for instance, fantastically, stage managers um, sharing jobs now, Fab. you know, somebody on the book, of course, you you know, somebody needs to go on holiday, somebody else has to do the book. Yeah. So why not have three days on, three days off? So you can bring up your children, save on uh, childcare, yeah. all those kind of things. Um, and now, amazingly, uh, the first one happened... Oh, I've got very bad on timings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everything happened either, you know, ten years ago or yesterday, and that's yeah. not necessarily <laughs> the case. But, um, you know, we now have people performing in the West End who are sharing a job. Yeah. And nobody's going, I'm sorry, I want my money back. That wasn't good enough. I wanted the redhead as opposed to the person with the dark, whatever it might be, you know. Um, And that, so these initiatives are really great. And I feel, I feel the fact that we are 47,000 now is a real marker for the, 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 the workers arising. We are, we've always been there. Um, but we, I think we're really guarding our loins and, and getting to the point also where we, we absolutely own the fact that this industry, well, the arts bring in 
oh god what's that last figure 400 billion to the i mean it's some vast amount of money it's more than sport and science Mm. together the entertainment cuts to the art well of course because you know they know we love it yeah and i'm not going to stop trying to make work because somebody cuts my you know my budget appallingly Mm. it's awful it's awful so we we bring in all this money to the economy and if it was not for the performer none of these people would have a job you walk into any theater walk into a repertory theater um all the artistic team, the artistic director, the all the admin staff, the accountants, the cleaners, the scene painters, the technicians backstage, the front of house staff, the box office, the, the, the marketing, all of those people, none of them would be in business until a performer steps onto that stage. That's what people pay their money for. They do not pay their money so that somebody can sit doing accounts. These people are incredibly important, mm. but... Over the many, many decades, there has been a whittling away of what we do as performers. And as a performer myself, I am very, very conscious of this. And we have got to get that respect back. We really have. The the, the thing of, as we know, and I mean, I am represented by, in my view, you know, the best agents in the known universe uh, because they, they get me, they understand me, they care about me, they... They speak to me about everything. They share everything with me, and they are nurturing me along. And I am blessed, unbelievably blessed in them. But I speak to young people who are terrified of their agent. Yeah. Terrified. And you know, you go, well, why don't you just say to your agent that you don't want to go up for that because you don't like the the sound of that job? <gasps> well, I couldn't say that to my agent. Yeah. And and that thing of, <laughs> it's an old thing, but you know, we employ them. Actually, we employ our agents. Yeah. They, they again, they wouldn't. How could you be a theatrical agent without people in the theatre working? Yeah. You know, so it's just about mutual respect. Yeah. It's not about you know us you know throwing our weight around and going you know, do this, do that, do that. See, not at all. But it's about mutual respect, and that's yeah. as president of Equity. When I when I sat on when you know when I when I I put my name forward for the job, um, I. Uh, that was one of my big things was we've got to get the respect yeah. back for everybody not just yeah. the performers i use that um i use that example because we are the ones actually that everybody needs to yeah, be there for absolutely. the thing but you know it's the same with everything you know i mean stage managers being asked to work i mean how long how many hours for how much money the balance is way off yeah. so we've got to we've got to redress that but yeah so those are the, the for me those are the hopeful things. One of the downsides I would like to mention, and something that I feel very strongly about, is the the rise and rise and continuing rise of reality television shows. Because yeah. now what is happening more than ever is that people think, uh, you, you say to, you know this, we all know yeah. this, you say to a young person, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be on the television. Okay, what do you want to do when you're on the television? I just want to be on the television. Yeah. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a celebrity. I want to be a star. But there's no notion behind that of what of, of doing any work, yeah. of honing a craft, yeah. of going to a training or whatever like that. It's because they see people who are just people, as we all are, just, you know, on the television, um, who can then become massive celebrities and command vast amounts of money. Yeah. Um, 
and there is a, a mis there is a misperception if that's a word mm-hmm. I might have invented a new word but um, <laughs> which is that actors fall into that cat- category performers fall into that category so that anybody can do that job anybody can do that job you, what, you, you yeah, anybody can do it what, well it's Shakespeare it's iambic pentameter uh-huh, and yeah. you know I can learn lines maybe you can you uh, so I again that back to the respect thing yeah absolutely. so I think that that I think I don't think I <clears throat> I don't think reality television has um done us any favors no. in that sense no especially with the likes of social media and absolutely constant perfection on screen oh that must be so I mean I'm far too old to be bothered by that anymore but I've, when I was younger I would absolutely have been I would have yeah. been I would have found that so hard to deal with yeah absolutely and I think especially trying to inspire the younger generation of the arts you know they say they, they well no I want to go on Love Island and and have millions of pounds and yeah just sit and live the best and I think that's great if you want to go on Love Island and you want to earn millions of pounds I completely understand that that's fine but it's not the job it's absolutely not what we do and um, we need to remind people of that I think absolutely and I'm sure everyone listening to this will realise just how incredible and inspiring you are and as a result of how incredible (laughs) you are you actually won Outstanding Women Award in Scotland I did yes I did of course I can I was absolutely Astounded. I mean, I really <laughs> genuinely was like, what? I saw, I mean, the title, you know, I mean, there are titles and titles, aren't there? But, you know, Outstanding Woman of you Scotland. Other, are. That's me. I knew, I, just, people, I was threatening <laughs> to have a badge made just in Absolutely. case people didn't know. <laughs> unfortunately. I will make you a badge. <laughs> thank you. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there that day. Um, I was working and I, and I couldn't get to Edinburgh with the, obviously the yeah. Saltar Society, uh, you know, ceremony is. So my, my darling sister Louise, oh. who was an actress, in fact, um, a very, very fine one, slightly troubling how good she was Um, (laughs) but Louise is now a lawyer she retrained she just wanted to do something different she's very bright uh, in a different way and um, so she's now one of the she's a procurator procurator fiscal um, so in Scotland so she was able to get this some time off and and went and collected and I would just like to say that she's another outstanding woman of Scotland (coughs) in my book definitely so it was lovely and I was able to um, I was able to obviously I wrote a wee speech uh, at which Louise was very happy to deliver in which I was able to you know I mean I, I got that award for the work I'm doing with equity and very specifically at, at the um, I mean my acting work I, I've been around a long time and you know so sort of, oh better give her something she's been doing it for decades oh. you know you know what I'm you know what I'm saying but um but I think the thing that brought me to their attention was probably the the equity thing, and in particular, the um, you know the, the sexual harassment working group oh, yeah. that I headed up with our general secretary mm. Christine Payne, in reaction to the Harvey Weinstein scandal, yeah. and uh, followed on very quickly by um, the Kevin Spacey scandal, mm. and um, I'm sure I'll talk about that in a minute. But just to say about the the award. Um, it gave me a chance to to talk about that in my speech, yeah. and of course, you know, in in such great company, and the the Saltire Award is not for performers only. It's you know, it's, yeah, there there was a, a surgeon, a lady surgeon, female surgeon. But um, Rowling you know, got one at one point. Uh, well, didn't I, well, she, I mean, yeah. how hello? <laughs> it's just me and JK, you know. <laughs> Besties. Yeah, well, absolutely, besties. Um, little, little does JK know that. But, you know, hey, although I did meet her once. Um, oh, did you? 
Yes, I did meet her, and I, I was because um, I love uh, all that magical reality yeah. and those books. I mean, I started to read them as soon as they came out, and I just, you know, I was one of those people you could see on the tube. Like, you know, sitting, reading it, and looking across and somebody else reading it as well and going, oh, isn't it marvellous? <laughs> and the other person going, oh, yes, it's fantastic. And then going straight back to reading it. And so all the films, of course. And oh, like, anyway, yeah. I was doing a, a play at the Travers Theatre in Edinburgh right now, a fantastic play by a, a Quebecois writer, um, Catherine Anne Toupin, translated into English, I'm very glad to say. But it, it, one of the members of the cast was Sean Biggerstaff, who's a friend of mine, but he um, was in the Harry Potter movies. He plays the captain of Harry's Quidditch team. Okay. So he and JK know each other and she came to see the show one night and I cannot tell you. So there was I. How long ago was this? I was in my 60s anyway. You know, sophisticated woman of the world, so I like to think of myself. (laughs) And um, and, and, and Ian, he said, oh, by the way, just to let you know, I didn't want to say to everybody beforehand, but, you know, JK Rowling was in tonight. (gasps) So we all turned into these, like, 10-year-old excited children who were about to go to Disneyland. So I went, "Can, can we meet her? Can we meet her? Can we meet her? And he went, well, yeah, I'm sure you could. So we all trooped upstairs to the bar at the Travers and we all stood sort of in line <laughs> to kind of... Oh and I, I almost curtsied, but I'd stopped oh. myself in time. <laughs> but she was so delightful. She was so lovely and warm and, and normal, you know, yeah. my God, for somebody who's been so successful and, you know, just must... I mean, talk about having a strong personality... Have people literally all day, every day, bombarding yeah. you with compliments. I mean, I, I'm sure she gets her fair share of the other side too. Mm. Uh, so that was a complete and utter thrill. So thank, yes, I am. I, me and JK, we're both you outstanding women of Scotland. So that was really are. fantastic. Yeah, I was absolutely you thrilled by are. it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. So today I am in the King Manual Therapy Clinic in Covent Garden with the wonderful Stephen King himself. And he has been conducting some new research, which he's going to tell us about. And it's absolutely fascinating. Stephen, take it away. Okay, thanks, Cathy. So I had a question, which is, is Singer's acid reflux really what we think it is? And I think the answer is no, because over a five-week trial period, 100% of the subjects have been cured of their symptoms of acid reflux. I mean, you can see the graph here they can't it's a good graph am i right i can see the graph and it's a great (laughs) graph so we put together a successful treatment protocol to alleviate the symptoms of singer's acid reflux and for now it's working in 100 percent of cases whoop whoop and where can people find out more about the research that you have conducted? So I'm in the process of presenting it and publishing it next year at the World Voice Teachers Expo and hopefully at the BVA. And this work is going to be written up into a paper and published by me. So look out on social media, that kind of thing. But I'll be posting screenshots and stuff all the time. So make sure you check it out 2020. It'll be properly published. And it's very, very interesting. So thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me in the clinic again. Thanks, Cathy. If you'd like to book in with Stephen or one of the team at King Manual Therapy, go to kingmanualtherapy.com where you can find all the options. So just kind of moving on to the mental health um, side of this chat today. Um, if it's okay, can you chat to us about your journey with yeah. mental health, be it personal or just through um, your experience? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I feel that... Um I mean, one of my, I, I write a weekly, a weekly, oh, thank goodness I don't have to do that. Um, I write a quarterly uh, column uh, in our quarterly uh, equity magazine. Yes. Uh, and I, my last one, uh, no, not my last one, my, the one a couple of columns ago was a, 
I, I talked about mental health and I talked about my own uh, struggles uh, with it. Uh, I've got 530 words, so I couldn't go into much detail, but yeah. um, I was very keen to... I'm, I am a huge um, advocate of speak to somebody, tell somebody. doesn't matter who, Absolutely. in a way. Well, don't tell somebody you think's your enemy, but mm. tell, tell a parent, tell a friend, tell a colleague... Call Samaritans if you have to, for goodness sake, you know. Um, I know a lot of people don't know the, the story of how Samaritans began. It was started by, a, by a, I think, a Church of England at vicar called Chad Vara. Sadly no longer with us, died not all that terribly long ago. And in his parish, a young girl committed suicide because she got her period and she didn't know what it was because nobody had told her. I think her parents were quite religious and mm. it was all very, we don't talk about those things, whatever. Yeah. And she thought God was punishing her for being a bad person. You know, seriously, what could she... Uh, yeah. And she took her own life. And Chad Vara thought, if there was somewhere that that girl could have gone, a phone number, that that girl could have phoned in total confidence maybe she would still be alive. And that's how Samaritan started. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? And I think I it is interesting that, yeah. that the beginning of Samaritans is connected so closely with our women, our hormones, our female cycle, yes. and all that. I think we are I think we are all vulnerable, but that is a particular vulnerability that women have yeah. because of those what that those hormones can do to your psyche in all kinds of different ways and what they can do to your body yeah. and how they make you feel etc so um my personal journey um my mother was a model and ran a very successful uh, model agency the most successful agency in scotland wow. which back in the day when i was growing up i was born in 53 so seven eight when the Swinging 60s began, fabulous time, it was so exciting. And, you know, there was a lot of money being spent on, on uh, modelling and on huge fashion shows, very um, very glamorous um, fashion shows, and I used to dress at them and everything like that. But I realised now, looking back, you know, I was surrounded by the most attractive women on the planet, basically, because mm. they were models. <laughs> you know, that was their job, was to look amazing. And I had real problems with compulsive eating mm. I was never and I'm very very happy to say anorexic or bulimic uh, which I'm uh, you know I don't know how you cope with that that it must be so difficult well I know it's incredibly mm. difficult um but I comp I was a compulsive eater and uh, I so I you know I terrible problems around food big problems around body image. You know, I thought I was like a balloon. I thought I was like a barrage balloon. That was my image of myself. And actually, I look back and, um, uh, you know, I was I was the height I am now. Like at a drama school, for instance, I was the height I am now. And um, I'm maybe a bit of stone heavier than I am now. Seriously? Yeah. I, you know, I was, I, you know, I was a bit, there was a, there was a touch of the Palace Athene about me. But hey, you know, the Juno... Uh, you know, fine, Abs you know, excuse me, I was 18, 19, yeah. 20, you know, um, massive pressures, you know, from all round, and then, the, and the, you know, if you want to be in the business, you know, mm. uh, look skinny, look skinny, look skinny, that's the other thing we've got, you know, and it is, I hope, changing now, seriously, that we've mm. all got to look like we've, you know, we've been airbrushed yeah. all the time, yeah. and as you mentioned earlier, the whole thing of, like, social, social media, media, and people only posting that wasn't exist back then for me. When I was at drama school, there was no such thing. Yeah. There was the, the there was the magazines, there was the teen magazines, yeah. there was the Vogue's and the Harper's Bazaar, you know. 
that's their job, pitching this perfect image. These people don't look like that. They don't look like that. You know, I remember way back, um, Kate Winslet. Um, I can't remember whether she actually sued them, but she certainly took to, to task this particular newspaper group for um, taking pictures of her and then slimming her down in the pictures. She said, I don't look like that. No, no, no. no. You I, I put me... Because she was like, when she saw them... I mean, I don't know. I imagine she... Well, she, she, they must have been published without her knowledge because yeah. I'm sure she would have stopped it. So all of that, absolutely. But much, much worse for kids now. Much worse for kids. Because if you are particularly feeling vulnerable and you're feeling low in mm. yourself for whatever reason, your normal ability to go, yeah, I know that that's not real. Yeah. You know, I know that that double-page spread in the centre of the Sunday supplement, which is praising somebody who's a performer or whatever, you know, in the public eye and their fabulous lifestyle and their, you know, a beautiful home and their gorgeous children and their wonderful dog and their fleet of cars and their private jet, whatever it is. Well, they might indeed have all that stuff, but those things don't talk on that level. Yeah. They don't talk about the stuff that's going on underneath because that's not what these... And why should these people, if they don't want to, you know, I'm not... But but all that, your ability to go, I see that that's not the whole picture, yeah. is very compromised, as everything is when you are low in yourself. Yeah. So I went through some very, very difficult times at drama school, lots of trouble with body image. Um, and between... And in my third year between the autumn term and the spring term, I had a sort of little mini nervous breakdown. I don't I, I don't mean to uh, make it sound like, ha, 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 it was fine. I say that because that's what the GP described yeah, it yeah, as, yeah. because it didn't, it, it wasn't something that, it was building up for a while, and my, and I just became sort of unable to function, really. Uh, exhaust, I was exhausted uh, doing too many things, which is, Fairly typical, but I've managed to cope with it better now. <laughs> but um, but I was really uh, and the pressures on me and all sorts of things. And I, so I just began to kind of I I look back on it now and I sort of sort of, sort of battening down really and becoming in, finding it increasingly difficult out of my bed in the morning. You know, yeah. which is one of the big signs. Um, and um, a friend of mine who is now retired but worked in, you know, in care and uh said to me well one of the things is you know when your bed stops becoming a place of rest and becomes a place to hide yes. which I thought was very you yeah, know um absolutely. but uh, so I I and my the GP our family GP came to the house and said I've only found out this later said to my mum and dad just kind of let her do what she wants for the next few weeks <laughs> of course if I'd known that there'd been all kind of terrible yeah. things you know but anyway so I really did just just rest and do a lot of walking uh, my parents lived in the west end of Glasgow it's a lovely place to go walking and did a lot of that and just sort of let myself off the hook really yeah. um I, I blacked out at one point for no reason at all I think it was just again pressure and that was a real kind of um I tried to learn the lessons from that of just being kinder to myself, really. Um, but I didn't mention it to any of my classmates, and I. Um, so so that was that, and um, I now, as we're speaking, I am in therapy. Um, I've been, uh, I have been in the past as well, but this this one is different in that it's about life and it's about it's not about you know one of the times I was in therapy before was after my mother died and I became aware of the fact that I hadn't 
you know, you're running around, you're dealing with everything, winding up my mother's business, all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, you, you forget to um, to grieve. Yeah. So I was aware of this sort of stone of grief lying yeah. in the pit of my stomach. So so that, um, you know, was a very specific reason for going to, you know, to a therapist to talk about a, a, a particular thing, which was this grief that I needed to, you know, let out. Um, and I think that's another problem that a lot of people have, which is that thing of you're not allowed to, you know, this word is stiff upper lip and we've all got to carry on. You know, yeah. we're Scots, gosh, we know all that kind of Scottish yeah. Presbyterian, you know, kind of grey, doer, oh, you know. <laughs> The devil has all the best tunes, you know, um, and, um, you know, sitting on your grief and not wanting to bother people. That's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but we so we've really got to start talking about it. And, and I um, I came to I just realised over a, it was a few years cooking in me, really, um, that there was stuff about my upbringing and my and my being and my my education, you know, all sorts of stuff that I needed to talk about and that I wanted to change and I've I, I see this therapist every week now Amazing. and it's just I can't tell you and I have gone without other stuff in order to go yeah. to this therapist um because uh, I, I it just is and it's changed my life yeah it has changed my life um and uh and it's uh, you know there's, uh, there's work still to be done it's an ongoing yeah. thing but that listening ear that is non-judgmental and that is on your side, yeah. uh, you know, is worth its weight in gold. Um, and uh, so from that, that was my choice. And that's how I choose to spend the money uh, that I have. And I know not everyone is in that um, position. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, um, one thing I did want to say about it, the whole, because it's all interconnected, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is that Fat is a Feminist Issue by Susie Orbach which is a book which she is updating fairly regularly. Um, and I had the... I, it was a bit like a J.K. Rowling moment. Um, I worked with her at one point. Um, she's a psychologist, you know, and um, I worked with her at one point and I uh, did a, work, a sort of workshop of a few readings and things with her and um, and I I brought my copy in and I said to her, I said, I hope you don't mind my, my bothering you, Susie, but... Um, uh, you know this book, your book, Facts of Feminism, has changed my life. Uh, would you, would you sign it for me? She said, "Why would I be bothered by someone telling me something like that?" She was oh. so lovely about it. So I, so I, so she signed it to Maureen. Lovely working with you. It's like that. Oh, oh. Susie, oh, it's not my book. <laughs> um, so, but the the point is that I, my ongoing struggles. I was about thirty at the time. I think twenty nine, maybe, and I was playing Aladdin in Eden Court, Inverness, um, uh, you know, get your legs out yeah. and uh, whatever, whatever. And I just was still struggling, struggling, struggling. And someone, and do you know, that I cannot remember who it was who said, you should read this book, or gave me mm -hmm. a copy. I don't know why I can't remember, because it was so important to me. Yeah. And I so every time I get a chance to go, whoever you were, if you're out there and listening, mm -hmm. thank you, mm -hmm. because it changed my life. Because now we are much more au fait with... Um, body image mm. and food and what we are trying to do when we either don't eat or eat too much or or vomit our food up or whatever we do to ourselves um, connected with our mental health yeah. and our and our spirit back then absolutely it was really new stuff really new and this book was a revelation to me because it was about you know you are not you are not a thin person with this carapace of flesh on top of it you're just you. 
whoever, whatever you are, that's you yeah. in, in all your glory. Um, things about relating back to your hunger again, to actually feeling hungry. I never felt hungry because I was always eating yeah. to get back to. Um, uh, stuff, you know, stuff about just getting used to your own um, naked flesh. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I'm not going to bang on about everything that's in the book, but and it's about psychological games, not games, um, uh, exercises that you yeah. do to your, with yourself about why, you, when do you eat and why do you eat and how do you feel about it and all that. Yeah. So now I love my food. I love my food. I love it so much. And I am not frightened of it anymore. Yeah. I'm not frightened of it anymore. Um, so I want to say to anybody listening to this who's got problems, and you know, it's called fat as a feminist issue, but it's for everybody. It's not just for, um, it's not just for female yeah. identifying um, people. It's for everybody um, who 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 feels um, who feels uh, uh, odd about food mm. and their relationship with it or their yeah, body yeah. image. It's really it's an amazing book. Um, so um, and 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 just that thing of. That, uh, you know, a lot of it's to do with fear and what are you frightened of, and I my presenting. Um, statement to this therapist when we had our first um, meeting because you know obviously it was can I get on with you can you get on with me yeah. can we talk to each other yeah, are we going yeah. to are we going to move forward which we decided to obviously um, and I said to her I don't want to be frightened anymore and I didn't even know what it was I was frightened of I, I just I kind of yeah. you know I just didn't want to be moving through the world anxious mm. anxious about all kinds of things you know so that was what it is and I think people are very so um it's an ongoing and even having said all that I would still say for if, if I'm being absolutely honest that I do not like to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in front of people I don't like it I'm happiest when I'm going yay hey president yeah. of equity no problem at all playing a lead in a play you know whatever like that you know rumbling around uh, pretending that you know there's no uh, you know I know everything <laughs> or whatever is required but you know I, it's very important to show your yeah. vulnerability to people uh, really you know for everybody's sake yeah so yeah. I would I think therapy is so important as well because it's someone that's not necessarily well, they're not part of your life or someone you can that's so important in that yeah, yeah and yeah. like you say judge free and yeah guiding you and it's absolutely it is it is i'm in therapy too and it's well it's there you fantastic. are fantastic it's, yeah it's brilliant yeah and i feel like the stigma um around therapy is changing as well i couldn't it's, agree more yeah which is really fantastic yeah, isn't it, it is. yeah especially yeah. in the arts thing especially well i, I think I, a lot of us like me i used to think it was i always used to think it was a sort of you know a, people bleating on, mm. you know, kind of, oh, me, 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 I'm having a terrible time, me, 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 yeah. me, 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 you know, and, um, well, it is me, 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 but that's the that's point. <laughs> yeah. And the point is, if you really want to make change, then yeah. it's one of the ways you do it. And we deserve <laughs> to be listened to, self-worth, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, the last kind of question um, today, um, it's just about the amazing work that you are powering through at Equity, <laughs> so um, if you can just chat to us about... Um, what you are the, the work that you're doing with them sexual harassment yeah. in, the, in the arts and the yes no campaign which yeah. are two fantastic fantastic <laughs> I don't know what this is the power <laughs> movement that you are leading um, that are making a huge change yeah. I know that only um, quite recently I think there was a sexual harassment case in an immersive um, theatre piece yep. which I know yep. you're, you're very passionate about yep. immersive and yeah um, so yeah, if you can just chat to us about Well, I mean, uh, you know, again, all of these things are interconnected. You know, the mm. respect thing is very, yeah. very important. Yeah, and, you know, we ask other people to respect us and we must respect ourselves because if you don't respect yourself, how do you get other people to respect you? Um, and, and equity can help with, with that massively. Um, 
Mm-hmm. We, uh, the sexual harassment um, working party that we put together, you know, we moved incredibly quickly on it because we knew mm-hmm. we had to, we could, we had, we wanted to harness the energy that came off of all that awful yeah. stuff that came out of those revelations. And we, as a union, were, we started off on a path and we're, from the beginning we said we are in this for the long haul. So there was a, immediately all those scandals broke and um, Me Too mm-hmm. and Time's Up and all of those movements which absolutely flowered, um, you know, uh, uh, under the kind of, with, with that fire that was put under yeah. that, that, that pot um, that bubbled up, it all went very quiet, didn't it? And yeah. people scuttled into their quiet corners and underneath their slimy stones. Mm. But they were waiting, just waiting, because there are people and they're now be- they're beginning to come back out again. The, I'm talking about engagers and employers mm. and everything yeah. like that. I, I, and, you know, and other performers, treat, how they treat other performers and stage managers and people they're working with. Um, so we've got to be ever vigilant and, and keep talking about it and be... I am... Uh, my next thing I hope to do is to get together with people, women, female-identifying uh, people in our business, like myself, uh, who've been around for a while, who have, if you like, <laughs> nothing to lose. Um, I'm getting my pension now. Thank you very much, Her Majesty's government. <laughs> Time I was given something back, um, you know, and um, so, and I'm not frightened of somebody saying to me or just quietly thinking, "Well, you'll never work again." never work in my business because you're too antsy or whatever like that to get a group of us who are there in a mm. rehearsal room in a in a workshop situation a re- whatever it might be um, who are the go-to person just That's go amazing. you just you know and my and I was thinking what would we call ourselves and we're, I haven't this is something I need to do um, mm. I keep talking about it but you've got to get, <laughs> got to get on with it it's so much going on as you yeah, know um, but um, I was like what could we call ourselves what could we talking about Amazons and yeah. this that this thing and I was recently thinking about that amazing judge who um, you know the spider woman with her spider brooch oh yeah yeah and I thought maybe we could call ourselves the spider women I don't know yeah um, in an homage to that I'll fantastic imagine, woman like outfits and what, <laughs> what getting smoke <laughs> get a very nice spider brooch yes, designed you yes. see but anyway so so we'll see so that 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 sort of thing because one of the things we are in, we are that we have to do to make this work is um is to empower people it's again they are speaking out yeah. just saying to somebody do you know what i feel a bit uncomfortable about that whether you say it to the person you make me feel uncomfortable when mm. you do that or whether it's to your friend or your colleague or equity phone yeah. equity tell us you know speak to somebody um, we've got to encourage people to do that because there's still that thing of, oh, I don't know whether that is it just me? Am I just being, maybe I'm just being a bit, you know, because I come from that generation where, you know, it was just people would put the, your, their hand on your bottom and give, you, give your buttock yeah. a pinch or, or, or talk about your breasts or, you know, um, if, if you didn't fancy them, ask you if you didn't like men, you know, and all that. And as I said, I mean, I remember way back when we just had... Be- launched the the um the safe spaces campaign and agenda for change mm. which of course is the yeah. <laughs> you know the what, what was manifest but because of all the work we did mm-hmm. um and i remember telling that story to a, a, a newspaper and saying you know back then i didn't know how to respond to somebody saying don't you like men i would oh yeah yes i, I do uh, I, uh, and um, now i would like to say yes i do like men i just don't like you <laughs> yeah. do you know uh, but you know so empowering people yeah. to do that because it's 
deeply, deeply embedded in the DNA of the world, the patriarchal world we live in, and with the Trumps and the Boris Johnsons of this world, you know, um, in those positions of power, (laughs) to name but two, um, you know, they're the leaders of the pack, aren't they? And uh, they're frightened of us. They're frightened of us women. They really are. Um, and we've got to remember that. We've really got to remember that. We are all Amazons. We have Amaz- we have an Amazon inside us. And we and that Amazon has been crushed and crushed and crushed and crushed, very sometimes violently crushed and sometimes slowly but surely, incrementally, just worn away. You know, the language we use is very, very male-orientated. All the things that we know. Yeah. So we've got to change everything but I believe change is happening and I believe it's more and more and uh, we just have to keep on keeping on and equity are in it for the long haul and one of the things that was great is we are a member of the TUC the Trade Union Congress and that means that we're not just a union of 47,000 people we are part of an army an army of workers all of whom are pulling in the same direction. And we brought motions to the annual general conference about sexual harassment and about lobbying government, which is also what Equity are doing. We're lobbying government to to change things. A a very good example would be that at the moment you have a three-month window to bring a case against somebody for harassment or bullying. Three months Often, I mean, it's taken me decades mm. to look back at some of the stuff that happened to me and yeah, recognise yeah. it for what it was. So we're, 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 you know, and the government have said, yes, we are looking at that, we are going to look at that. So there's all that sort of stuff yeah. as well. Um, the right to live a life, the right to, to walk with your head held high and be proud of who you are. And I would say to people who are just feeling not right about something and, you know, apart from speak it out loud, mm-hmm. say it to somebody, 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 send an email, for goodness sake. Yeah. You can send an email to the equity harassment line. Uh, you don't even need to talk if you don't yeah, really feel yeah. ready for it. We'll get back to you if that's what you want. Um, but also, if you feel harassed or bullied or sexually harassed, that's that's all that's necessary. Yeah. Because it's how you feel, not how the other... Now, the other person might go, oh, I'm so sorry, gosh, I... I had no idea. I am so sorry. I will not. I will. I won't do that in future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be just that somebody's really friendly. Comes from a, a you know, maybe um, yeah. a, a, a few generations back. Can I you put, say, for instance, his arm around a young woman, something like that? That young woman's like, I, I don't know you very well, and I don't really like being touched and whatever. Yeah. Absolutely innocent. Um, you know, movement has been made by the person, but you know, and the good people will go. I'm really. I won't do that yeah, again. Yeah, I, yeah, I get absolutely. it. But of course, there's the people who will go. Oh, give me a break! What's your problem? You know. Yeah. So um, the fight goes on. Yes. Um, uh, yes. The, and yes. No. You were asking about um, back again. Respect. 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 That's absolutely part of it. Um, and I'm really delighted to say my last column in the magazine was an open letter to the casting industry, and I've had fantastic feedback from casting agents ca- and, 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 and industry um, engagers and in fact um, Wendy Spawn um, who I know who is um, a wonderful casting director and she is um, vice chair of the Casting Directors Guild yeah. and they have approached me via uh, Wendy and myself um, and uh, the chair Victor and uh, I think the, um, someone else from CDG uh, 
and myself and Matt Hood, who is the Assistant General Secretary, um, who has a particular, um, his remit is um, um, membership support yeah. and communication, and we are all going to meet together. And, it, and that was Wendy came to me for that. I mean, you know, the people out there know about this. They know about this. But we have got, to, we, we have to be told. We yeah. put in so much effort. Every time we go up for an interview, so much effort. And we have got, somebody's just got to press a button. You know, generic email, da-da-da-da-da, yeah. no, da-da-da-da-da, exactly. yes. I don't need you to tell me that I was fabulous and wonderful, you absolutely adored so me, but straight. we just needed somebody who was a bit older, younger, redder of hair, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, that uh, I, I, I just want you to tell me whether yeah. I've got a job or not. Um, that and makes such a difference, just getting that answer. Absolutely, hanging on, hanging on, hanging yeah. on, hanging on. So dispiriting. So as I say, it all links together. If you're feeling a bit low anyway, you're worried about your job that puts bread on your table, you take the time off, you knock yourself out getting ready, you borrow an outfit mm. or you know whatever, you, what would this character do? All the worry, a little bit of stress, yeah. you do it... You've gone out and bought the equipment to do these self-tapes. You've got, they've got to be done in a certain way. If you're older, that's a nightmare because no, people don't know, just not technically, all that. Mm. But you do it, you do it, you do it because I've got friends who pay to go and, and, and pay somebody to do a self-tape for them because, you know, and, and you're feeling a bit beleaguered anyway and you're tired and you're a bit worried about paying your bills and, and then nobody bothers to say, yeah. uh, no, nah, not working out. Yeah. Seriously. It's just, and the person who does not tell them, tell you, is only making a living because of people like you. Yeah. It's got to change it yeah. round. And it's listen, let me say, it, respect, yeah. respect, respect. And let's be, I mean, I have to say, there are fabulous casting people out there. Mm -hmm. Casting agents, directors, producers, absolutely, they are out there. And that's great. But there's an awful lot of them who are not yeah. doing that. And that's a start. There's yeah. lots of stuff we want to do. It's now embedded in the equity contracts that you have to tell people whether they've got a job or not. That's amazing. And that's, but then we, now we have to enforce it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're that's looking to well. ask all the members and non-members alike, if you don't get told, tell us. And then we can build up, uh, you know, change. because... because um, you know, lies, damned lies and statistics, but we can then get some statistics together and say, look, of these 100 people that got in touch with us, 95 of them didn't, you know, or yeah. these, of these 100 people, 100 of them didn't get told. So we, you know, so want to, you know, really yeah. move on that. And, and you know, it, as I say, it's all mixed up together. Yeah. You're so fantastic. You're so brilliant. <laughs> well, talk is, talk is easy, uh, but my motto is walk your talk. And there is far too much talking and not much walking going on. And you so walk your talk. Both. Well, I'm doing so my best. Thank you. you. I'm doing my best. And please feel free to tell me when you think you, I could have done better because the only way I'm going to get better is by doing better and being told. You are doing everything, well, from personally, everything that I would want of an equity president. So thank you. Thank I've got you. one very last, very One very question. last question. Well, I'm just going to go right back at you briefly and oh, say yes. industry minds. Fantastic. Thank really great, so great work you're doing. Thank Fantastic. You, thank thank you. you so much for it. Thank Very important. You. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I might not use those words. I mean, I might, but I might not. I don't know how I would put it, but I, I, and I have done. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. It might be my hormones are all over the place. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. No, definitely. I am. In fact, I will try to do that 
the next time, um, walk my talk. I'm having a bad mental health day. That's going to be the title of this podcast. Walk your talk. I love it. Maureen, thank you so, so much. My huge pleasure. Very best wishes to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you're interested in our counselling services, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. For all other inquiries, please email info at industryminds.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at industryminds.uk. You can find out about all our future guests and our future events on there. Bye! Bye! <laughs>